Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 37 of the Stream Queens podcast, where we review horror films and horror-adjacent films, like today, uh, uh, that you can stream on the internet. I'm your co-host, Rachel, and joining me, freshly freed from a human cocoon, is my co-host, Mars! I'm so glad you said cocoon and not outside uterus, because that's what I thought it was. (laughs) By the way, we're going to spoil this movie. Oh, yes. If you haven't watched it and you just heard me say outside uterus, you don't have to go back. It's fine. (laughs) Well, today we're going to be reviewing a little movie called Life Changer that made me think I might possibly have a gray haired man bun fetish but we'll get into all of that later you already mentioned it but mars what is our our <laughs> spoiler policy on the zombie girls yeah uh, it is I mean, gonna... the... what is our spoiler <gasps> policy i know i know i'm sorry <laughs> forgive me i'm tired and old <laughs> okay. i am a stream queen ma'am you are i know i know i know but you're also like Zombie like, Girls is the larger umbrella, and and so you are also a zombie girl, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's, I'm like a zombie girl niece. You actually have dual citizenship, like not all the other <laughs> cast members do, but, but you do. So you actually have more freedom so I am and power. Kind of a zombie girl. Yes, of course you are. <laughs> I was trying to think of like one of those like royal family trees where they're like, well, Queen Anne actually was a. Romanov, but I don't know enough about history to be able to actually say that. But you get what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, right? I, I think it applies to zo- to the zombie girls. I wish I hadn't tried to prove I'm bad at history to prove I'm bad at history. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I, I wish know, I you could have made a go. better argument for yourself. So touche. I should have just let it go. Yeah. Anyway, the spoiler policy here on is the that we're going to yes. spoil the whole thing. Um, <laughs> if you didn't catch on by the fact that I started this, I think that is a new, an absolute new record. Yeah, that was good. I I'm spoiled the ending us. while still in the intro of the mm-hmm, show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like it very much. I feel yeah. like we're always reaching new heights or new uh-huh. lows, depending on how you look at it. I mean, you can't stop dreaming. <laughs> you must always aspire to do better. <laughs> or worse. Yep. Just as long as you don't stand still. That's Someday we're going to hit episode like 40 and you're going to be like, welcome to Stream Queens. There's a dude in the wall. I'm your co-host, Rachel. <laughs> dude in the wall movies, I still stand by, are the are the the underappreciated gem of the horror, fr- like the overall horror genre. I, you know, they're, they're not, I mean, I appreciate them. They're not my favorite. I just because I have other things that I tend to like more, but they really are an underappreciated subgenre of horror movies. I mean, tell me something that is scarier than a dude living in your walls. I mean, in real life, not much. Nothing not, is not scarier. <laughs> I would rather face Satan than a dude in my wall. I don't know. I think maybe like eight dudes in the wall would be scarier than one dude in the wall. This is feeling a lot like wishing for more wishes. That's a cheat. <laughs> Like if you found out there was like a colony of dudes living in okay, the walls of your fine. house. Fine. If your if your walls are just like you every peel back every wall, there's just like side by side dudes trapped in it. <laughs> that is scarier. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, if, if your house is ninety five percent built of dude in walls, <laughs> that's the scariest. If the structural integrity of your home depends on the men that are living in the halls in like, the walls. This guy's like, I can't hurt you. I'm a load bearing dude in the walls. <laughs> <Right>? so. <laughs> Oh my god, we've lost our fucking minds. <laughs> a load-bearing dude in the wall. 
Oh my god. Oh no. Oh damn. We are in trouble if we've only gotten this far in and we're already this weird. And then you realize that there were never any walls and you're just living in a cage of dudes. Just like meat walls. Yeah. Just meat walls. Oh, gross. It's just been a social experiment this whole time. They're like, when will they notice that these men painted like walls are not walls? But they're, See, in fact, men painted as walls. I like that you painted them. I went full, like, society. Did you ever see that movie, The Society, where it's just, like, flashed everywhere? No. Oh, oh, God. If that's on streaming, we're gonna have to watch Society for the shunting. You'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we are totally out of our minds today. So, get ready, folks. Um, yep. What have you been up to, Mars? You said you had a story for me. I want to hear it. I did. Um, I, it's not a very good story, but I felt I needed to tell it because it kind of it, it comes full circle on some things we talked about last time. Remember how my cousin moved into the most haunted house in this yes. haunted room in this house, and I told you yes. I wasn't going to tell him because I wanted yes. him to just come open-minded. You know, I didn't want to influence him. So right. I'm coming out of my bedroom the other day to go brush my teeth. So, the, okay, so the room he's in I don't think was ever intended to be a bedroom because it's it's more like it was always supposed to be like a study or like mm-hmm. an office. So the mm-hmm. ceiling fixture light is not like a, what, like a protruding fixture like it is normally in bedrooms, but they're like these little like inset like spotlighty looking things that are more right. for like, you know, if this was the room where like you would work on a computer or read or something. So it's right. kind of a weird, kind of strange lighting for a bedroom. But they are, like, inset into the ceiling. There's four of them, and they're, like, in this, you know, little spotlighty things. And he was ta- he was asking her about how to get the light bulb out. And he goes, because um, they keep flickering. And she goes, which one? And he goes, well, it's a couple of them, but they don't always flicker. They only flicker sometimes. So we took the light bulbs out, and we traded them with other light bulbs in the house. And they, the light bulbs that were flickering do not flicker. Uh-huh. And the ones that we replaced into the ceiling flicker now. Oh, no. And... And no matter how many times we trade out these light bulbs, we like even like brand new ones, they flicker mm-hmm. if they're in that room, but mm-hmm. they don't flicker anywhere else. So I didn't say anything. I just experienced this happening and was like, mm, you know, maybe, maybe the fixtures in the ceiling are weird or whatever. Right. But um, the guide dog we're fostering right now does the thing where all of a sudden he'll like stare down a hallway and then the ears mm-hmm. will go forward like he sees someone, but there's no one there. Yep. And he did it the like this morning, I think. I was petting him before I went to work, and he was staring down the dark hallway. Or this was last night. He was staring down the hallway, and all of a sudden the ears went forward. It's not like in a scared way, but in like, you know, when dogs see someone they know, and they're like, oh, it's that person I know. And so he did that, and I was like, and I didn't mean to, but out loud I was like, dude, why do you do that? That's so creepy. And my mom goes, well, it wouldn't be out of the question if he's seeing something. And I was like, uh mom because she's just so, so ca- freaking chill about this yeah stuff. she just so casually she just she fully accepts that there are, are spirits living in this house and she doesn't talk about it a lot but when she does it's just fully casual it's not like Ooh, what if there's something she's like i mean it wouldn't be out of the question if he's seen something and she goes did you has uh, she, you know she asked me about the light bulbs she goes did you hear us talking about the light bulbs and i went yeah but i didn't say anything or whatever she goes well i mean they are in that room so it wouldn't be oh it wouldn't be out of the question. She was like, it wouldn't be weird if the light bulbs are totally fine. And I was like, it, might it be the fixtures? And she goes, eh, I mean, maybe. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> God. Oh, my God. Okay. So I, 
I don't know if my cousin is jumping straight to Ghost or if he's going to. I mean, I'm assuming he's going to go to the fixtures are weird first yeah. because he's like a bioengineering major mm-hmm. and he's very much like science first and feasible proof and things which i'm not trying to knock i am totally like you know for the most right. part a feasible proof person i think healthy skepticism is healthy yeah right like you yeah. know it's probably not the worst sign that he's not jumping straight to ghosts right but, you know <laughs> he's not in there like conducting exorcisms or yeah. something <laughs> yeah so i don't know where he's at right now it was just this conversation that i had with my mom where she was so cat like well i mean it wouldn't be out of the question if he's seen something you should maybe like <laughs> put, start putting on like haunted house movies when he's around and see if he responds <laughs> see if you know what i mean him. yeah like anything uh anything ringing a bell you could just be like, God, that would be so scary if that happened, don't you think? Would you? What would you do if your house was haunted? Well, and then I kind of had to talk him out of trying melatonin oh, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, no. Melatonin gives me the most messed up dreams. Yeah, well, and like, and I, you know, I have episodes of sleep paralysis at times, and I have my night hallucinations where to Ooh. this day I still wake up and I see stuff that I know isn't there to the point where I'll just roll over and be like, not tonight. Whoa, but- that's wild. I, but they always get way worse when I, when I, the few times that I've taken melatonin, no. they're always mm-hmm. way worse, and the mm-hmm. nightmares were way more vivid, you know, and, thing, and I was like, oh my God, don't do it. And I didn't scream out, especially in the room you're living in, but that was the implication. <laughs> yeah, no, don't do it in there. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. All right. So keep us posted, because I definitely want to know what happens as Next. Sam goes on this journey. All right. So I feel warmed up. You feel warmed up? I do feel warmed up. All right. So we are going to be reviewing a movie called Life Changer. And this is a me pick. So depending on how you feel about it, you're welcome or sorry. <laughs> my <laughs> fault. My bad. But I'm going to pa- actually pass the blame on a little bit further to Ariel. It's been on Netflix for several months. And one of my co-hosts on Zombie Girls, Ariel, had said that she really loved it. And so it's been on my to-watch list. And I was like, fine, I'm just going to like do a forcing and make myself watch this. So I was like, screw it. We'll do it on the show. Um, and we'll see what we think about that. So Life Changer is from 2019, uh, directed by Justin McConnell. Which I, he's done some other things, but this is the first thing I've ever seen by him. Mars, would you do me a solid and give us the synopsis of Life Changer? I will. Okay, so basically this movie is about a shapeshifter who's in love with a person, with a woman. And we open with the shapeshifter having just freshly assumed a new shape and is next to the mummified remains of this woman and I mean, there I have some opinions about lots of things in this movie, but the the mummified, at least this first mummified remains was a, I thought it was a pretty cool effect. I thought it yeah. looked really good. Yeah. There are a few later on where you're like, you're just putting a wig on the same one over and over again, aren't you? <laughs> but this one looked really cool. Yeah. And um, that we get some vo- some voiceover that I have thoughts on. Okay. So the voiceover is done by um, Bill Oberts Jr., who is probably the most recognizable to horror fans. Um, He's someone who's like a character actor that's shown up in things like Rob Zombie's Three from Hell. He was an Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter. He was Abe Lincoln. Like he's been in a lot of genre type of things. But aside from that, it's like all I didn't know any of these people aside from him. Yeah, I still don't know. I've n- I've not seen any of those other movies. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, Three from Hell is 
garbage but (laughs) (laughs) abraham vampire hunter is like interesting in that it's just so freaking weird it's by the pride verse or it's i think it's written by the same person who did the pride and prejudice and zombies yeah yeah. the Mm -hmm. book yeah 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 Yeah, i haven't read the book I feel like I try. I started the movie once because, or maybe I just watched. The, I don't know. I'm my. I'm having a hard time staying anchored to the topic today. <laughs> I just fully was ready to embark on a tangent of. I might have seen the movie, but I also might not have. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we synopsized that. We can move on. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. So we get some voiceover that is. I thought it started out okay, and then it just quickly devolved into student film voiceover, where it was just too, for mm-hmm. me, too, too, look how deep I am, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think yeah. we, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, basically through voiceover and through some visuals, we learned that this shapeshifter assumes the forms of other people, and that the forms normally... He would take a form that wouldn't be missed, but this was back in the day when it would last longer, and now these the bodies are starting to rot a lot faster, and so he doesn't get to plan, and um, he goes back to the home of this woman whose body he's taken or whatever, and her boyfriend's there, and he's apparently reported her missing, and he's... The shapeshifter's telling us via voiceover that he always tries to live as the people, but, you know, something's different, and that... He didn't used to carry over wounds from one body to the next, but it's starting to happen and something's wrong and he doesn't know what it is. Um, he ends up killing the boyfriend and then the police detective who's been investigating the case shows up to talk to the boyfriend and the shapeshifter as the missing woman invites him in and assumes his shape. Mm-hmm. And this was the first time I was like, oh, so we have one mummy. <laughs> and we're this, just... I think the second mummy is the worst mummy. Yeah. Right. Fair so enough. So she's... He's the detective now. And then we get something about how cocaine helps speed up the deterioration of the body. Yeah. So and... antibiotics and painkillers slow down the rot and... I guess putting toxins into your body speeds it up. So cocaine speeds it up. Which, I mean, I guess that tracks. Yeah, sure. Yeah. As the detective, the shapeshifter, goes back to this bar, which we immediately are told that he goes there often because the dog knows him. And so he goes there because he's in love with a woman. And as every person, every person's form that he takes, he goes back to this bar to re-meet this woman, basically. Let's see, he becomes the detective, and then he becomes the dentist... And then, I did look like that scene though, where he's like, "Good news, I've been a dentist before." I've been a dentist. This isn't this isn't the first time I was a dentist. Yeah, that part like, actually, I, it it gave me a grain of like an interesting movie that it could have been. Yeah, right. And like, mm-hmm. I did actually think that moment was funny, and then it mean it, like it immediately made me think about like if you were a shapeshifter and you're like, "Oh, I got a new form, I get to live longer," and then you find out that that person's a dentist, and you're like balls now i gotta right. learn to be a dentist like he, and like immediately yeah, right well you have to go work there nine to five seems like a bummer right i do feel like this is movie is a cautionary tale of like why it sucks to be a shapeshifter actually you always see shapeshifters they tend to play like and i, I think it, arguably this person is a villain but like you kind of see their power like um i'm watching she 
And they're one of the characters that they added this season is this character named Double Trouble that's a shapeshifter. And so you like see that this person is very powerful because they're able to take on like the face of anyone. But this movie kind of explores the ways that being a shapeshifter really sucks. You have to pretend to be someone you're not, which includes their like nine to five job. Right. And like knocking a lot of teeth out with a hammer, which feels like it would be a bummer. And, like, you know, at one point he said something about how bodies used to last for years, and now this yeah. body only lasted, like, six hours. I'm like, my God, if you had to keep killing every six... That takes up the full six hours. Yeah. You don't have time this for anything like a body else. is the six hours. Yeah, it's like, as soon as you're done, you're like, ah, oh, now I gotta go start again, because the rot's setting in. That would yeah. be such a fucking bummer. Yeah, yeah. It looks miserable. That's I... like... Ah, like, and it's not even like, well, I, I at least I get time to take a nap or watch a TV show. Like, no, you basically are on the constant cycle of murdering and shape shifting and burning, and then murdering and shape shifting and burning over and over again. Yeah, that's how you end up with a murder barn. You would never get to catch up on any of your TV shows ever. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine trying to keep up with Netflix if you were a shapeshifter? Good God. It wouldn't even be worth it to have a subscription. People would be like, oh my God, <laughs> did you watch the Game of Thrones finale? And you'd be like, I haven't even made it through season one. I'm gonna be honest. I'm still you. watching The Sopranos. Get off my ass! I, <laughs> <laughs> I hear The Wire is great, but I just don't have time. <laughs> Seriously. It's just such a, like, it just, it made me tired thinking about it. Now, granted, as the movie goes on, it's, it f- turns out that it's not always six hours. It just had to yeah. be that one body. And, like, there's different time frames. But I understand the point of that they're trying yeah. to make is that yeah. in the past, it would be a very long time between when he had to take a new body. And now it's becoming much more frequent and something is wrong. That, and he's also carrying over wounds from his yeah. past bodies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um... He goes from detective to dentist to receptionist mm-hmm. where he starts to – I don't think he slipped up. I think he was just using the same killing ground too often because yeah. he keeps taking the bodies back to this one barn. And then as the receptionist, whose name I want to say is Rachel? It is Rachel. Okay. Correct. Yeah. I think, yeah, he's just – because he – you know, when your turnaround time is six hours or a few days, like, you just get sloppy. Yeah, right? and the frequency – I mean, you should at that point be mixing up your your murder hiding places. Yeah. You know, but anyway, a neighbor starts to become suspicious and, and identifies Rachel as the shapeshifter wearing Rachel leaves. Yeah. And uh, and I did actually like the scene where Rachel and Julia meet. I thought yeah. that they actually did have. I think the two ladies had actual. You know, they the chemistry was there. Where yeah. it was like they kind of they bounced off each other really well, mm-hmm. and I liked watching them together. I thought that was fun. Um, and then it was funny when the guy comes over to hit on on Rachel <laughs> as the shapeshifter, yeah. and Julia is like, "Oh yeah, no, you know you." go you get it girl and like leaves her alone and she spends the whole time just staring at julia yeah (laughs) Um, Yeah. oh as the dentist we find out that julia's son died due to pneumonia when he was like three Uh, whooping cough whooping cough yeah vaccinate your children and then her husband left her which i had as soon as she told that part i saw the flashback i was like oh because the shapeshifter was the husband gotcha yeah and um which is Although revealed. there's a little twisty twist and we get we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. Um yeah. So uh that's when we learn Julia's backstory and she I like how they didn't touch on the fact that Julia is 
obviously a high functioning alcoholic, right? <laughs> yeah, it does. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, much. we make it sound like, oh, well, she just likes to frequent this bar and she's a she's a writer, and then we're like, oh, she's here literally every day, and she becomes she tearfully thanks the bartender for taking care of her for all these years. Yeah, like I kind of almost wish they had given her a little bit more um, angst. Kind of feel like she was a little too manic pixie dream girl. Yeah. I wish she was a little more fucked up. Yeah. Considering the backstory and the tragic love story they're trying to set up, she kind of seems unfazed. The only thing off about, she's got a good job. She has a nice home. The only thing that's off about her is she hangs out at a bar and makes witty banter with random people. When the love story sort of begins to flourish between her and Greybeard, I wanted to feel like you could, like the tragedy of her like finally finding happiness again. And because she seems okay, aside from some like exposition, I never really felt that feeling. I don't know. Yeah, well, and even when he starts telling... I mean, I know we're jumping way ahead, but even when he starts telling her whatever, and he's like, I have to tell you something, and he just finished puking, and he's like, don't touch me, you know? And even she's like, okay, uh, yeah, what's up? Yeah, you're you right. Know? Yeah. Like, she's, you know, and he's like, oh, I've never told anyone. She's like, okay, uh, why are you being weird? You know. I and also like, was expecting her to pick up on the fact that the, she kept meeting all these people at the bar and they ended up in the death barn and he was also in the background always at this bar. Like, I yeah. thought she would put those things to, like, I thought that was going to spur what final act conversation, exposition was going to come from that. That She never put those things together. Come on, honey, you're being a bit of a dum-dum. It's like you're almost there. <laughs> like when they were hugging and you saw their faces, I was like, are we going to see some concern or recognition on her face? And it just like never happens. And it goes back to this just underbaked quality of this julia character i don't feel like julia is a person in this movie at all yeah which undercuts a lot of the like the themes of this you know right yeah anyway <laughs> so the shapeshifter we learn is obsessed with julia and every time that takes a new body he goes back to the bar to the bar to re-meet her and then he sees her go on a date with robert who i didn't realize i was into some things that i now realize i'm into Robert has awa- awoken something within me. There is something happening with the great Right? And like, the it's all things bun. that I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I'm not generally a man bun person. And something right? like that, like, really hipster, angular beard. Like, you look at him and you're like, I bet that man hasn't eaten a processed food in 25 years. And I bet he talks yeah. about it mm-hmm, a lot. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yes. Yes. And then yes, the more yes. I was watching it, I was like, you know what? You can tell me about quinoa until the sun goes down. Yeah. I it's fine. What that's is it? Fine. I I that's why I said I don't know why. Like I norm I would never be like I am hot for a a gray man bun. Like like those a gram- are- like a grandpa hipster. No, but yeah, yeah. And I'm not mad about it. But Mm-mm. I don't know what it is. He looks like Zeus, and I'm into it. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a Sumerian king. I know. <laughs> he belongs on a white horse at the head of an army. Ugh. <sighs> Yeah. So the shapeshifter assumes the shape of Robert because he sees that Julia has been going on dates with him and she seems into him. And so he, um, in a super creepy, super emotionally violating way, takes uh, Robert's shape and assumes Robert's role as her boyfriend. Yeah. And um, it's super uncomfortable that that happened. Yes. And it's it's only going to get more uncomfortable from here. Yeah. 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 So they begin a relationship and somehow he manages to... uh, 
off with the rot for a very long time because he seems fine for a and while. He's like pounding painkillers and antibiotics. Yeah, yeah. And um, eventually it all starts to catch up with him and he starts puking bile. I'm assuming that's what it is. His own mm-hmm. rotting insides into a toilet. And uh, and this is when we start learning that like there are times when he can't control the shape-shifting, mm-hmm. you know? Because he comes out of the bathroom, he's not feeling great. He knows the body's dying, but it's like... This is the one that has a relationship with this woman that he loves, and so he's not willing to give it up. But at the same time, like the you know, there's a timeline on these bodies, right? So he decides to tell her the truth, and he does it in not a great way, in like the creepiest, most confusing way. Oh, just the worst! Didn't plan that for a second. No, and also apparently can't think on his feet too well because he's just saying things like, "Oh," instead of being like, I, at this point. Saying, I'm a shapeshifter who assumes the form of other people after I suck the life force out of them. Seems like it would have been an easier way to explain it than the way he actually did, which was like, they're taken. And the first time I took, I didn't mean to, and my mother, and that, you know, we learned some background that he accidentally shapeshifted into his own mother which like i know we kind of gloss over that in the movie but if yeah. you think about that when you're 12 and that's all of a sudden some, you like, open your eyes shit right there <laughs> when you're 12 years old you touch your mom and then you open your eyes and you are your mom yeah that's like the worst freaky friday like spinoff ever because because instead of switching bodies your mom's now a mummy and you're like the fuck just happened why do i have <laughs> a completely different set of genitals right now like that oh, would be scary God. for a 12 year old <laughs> yes that would be troubling and then to to look be in the a, mirror suddenly and be like, like a 40 year old woman yes that yeah, would be right. weird <laughs> yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. upsetting yes um so she uh, you'd think would be a little bit more freaked out about this, but instead she's just kind of like, um, okay, weirdo, like, I'm yeah. gonna go. And, yeah. um, he starts getting kind of aggressive with her because he loves her so much, so she tries to tase him, and he ends up accidentally body swapping with, well, not even body swapping, because they don't swap, shape-shifting into her, and she mm-hmm. becomes the mummy, and he's very sad, and then he goes to the bar and cries to the bartender, and the bartender is not freaked out by this, which means that this has probably happened before, which goes back to my point earlier, where Julia is a high-functioning alcoholic, and we don't touch on that at all. Uh-huh. But the fact that she, like, tearfully tells the bartender, like, thanks for taking care of me all these years, and the bartender's like, yep, here's more whiskey. And you're like, ooh, this is not the first time this has happened, has it? No. Mm-mm. Um, and then she, well, the bar, the Shapeshifter decides that, you know, it's over. He's not going to shapeshift anymore. He's just going to let himself die. And I actually kind of liked the scene where he is moldering away as Julia and in bed and shaking and the body, you know, the skeleton is breaking and the skin's all crazy. And they did whatever facial prosthetic. I'm assuming it looks like a facial prosthetic to me. Yeah, definitely. That made the eyes look all sunken and the head was all. I thought that was really cool. I was actually really into It's like very like Brindlefly a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was cool. I liked that. I also liked the pus effect earlier when he was Rachel. That was really cool too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so he lets himself die, but he doesn't die. He becomes an outside uterus and is reborn as what I'm assuming was his original, what his original form yeah. would have been had he not been shape-shifting all these years because he yeah. becomes reborn as an old man yeah. who feasibly could have been 12 or born in, what did he say, 1954 or something? Yeah. Um, and then he just kind of wanders around and is ups- upset with 
Julia's laptop with her unfinished book mm-hmm. and the dog. And uh, that's that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that. Um, I did not love this movie. I did not love it either. But okay. Let me say positive things. Okay. So I thought conceptually that there's actually some interesting things about this movie. Same. Same. I In agree that, with that. I think it's an interesting take on a serial killer story. And it, I, the use of the voiceover kind of, it allows you to to remember that you're dealing with the same character, even as different actors take on the role of the character. And it, like, it does the Dexter thing where it makes you automatically identify with the monster. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, he works sort of in a set of rules. Like, you kind of, you see, like, a desperation in him, and so that it, like, engenders some level of empathy with the character, and so that you're, you kind of in his frantic pace of trying to keep ahead of dying, you can forget how monstrous the things he's actually doing are, which is why in the, there was about two minutes of this movie where I got excited, where I was like, oh, okay, this the payoff, here's the payoff. And then unfortunately they like double back on it. When he's having the, he's confessing to her that he is this shapeshifter and we learn like, I think that the movie makes you believe leading up to this that he has been shifting for years until he met this woman who finally saw him for who he was. They created a life together. They lost a child together. And then maybe he began to rot and he had to move on and he had to like leave her. But then he also has some like, you know, regret about it. And so he keeps coming back to her. And so there's this like sort of tragic love story in it. And then when he's confessing to her, you discover that it wasn't, that wasn't the scenario. What had actually happened is he had taken her husband then seen her, slept with her, felt like this, the pure love that these two people, these other two people had between each them and moved on and then has basically been stalking her ever since. And mm-hmm. so it was sort of like this I am legend moment where like this character that you've been told is this tragic love figure is actually this monster that destroyed this woman's life and then has continued to stalk her and kill all these people around her. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Okay, I'm on board with this. Like, especially... Like, if she's going to be able to, like, beat him or whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. But then it's like they decided, like, they couldn't kill their darling. Like, they had fallen in love with this character of the shapeshifter. And instead, it, it, it reinforced this idea that the Julia character, she only existed as something to propel his character story, right? Right, yeah. And so I was kind of like, ugh, when he disappeared. I loved the creature effect at the end with the the creepy outdoor uterus or whatever you call him. Like that was really cool. That was cool. The birthing effect was really cool. When the foot came through, I was like, poor Mars. (laughs) But like, I felt like it almost, it almost did something really interesting at the end. And I did like the, the special effects. Well, and I really thought that when he, when he was coming out of the outdoor uterus, I wanted him to be a young person. Cause I wanted the the story to be, you've been murdering these people. Cause you thought you were so afraid of death that you thought the only way to escape it was to murder these people. When really, if you had just gone through your own life cycle, you would have been reha- reborn as a, as a person. Right. And so yeah, it would have made point. all the previous death, all the previous death would have just been your own, you know, oh, what's the word? Um, like, not not just your own fear of death, but you valued your own life so much that you were willing to kill other people when really if right. you had just let your own life cycle happen as it should have, right. you would have been totally fine. Yeah. You know? And like, it cost I thought you that the one thing a- that mattered to you. Like, yeah, there's some, like, there is some sort of moral come up. There's something yeah. to Yeah, because it would have been, like, 
that was the gut punch that I thought was coming that I would have appreciated to be like, you murdered people for no reason, essentially, just because you were too vain to let your own life, your own life cycle cycle. Right. But then when it came out as an old person, I was like, oh, so you just are where you you would have been had you not been a shapeshifter. But but you also are, but you aren't. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I what mean, the like, here is. I mean, I think definitely the, the the writer is tapping into sort of like the existential dread of aging and how when your body begins to betray you, it makes you question who you are, like your 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 full identity, like it. That kind of stuff, I think, is an interesting topic, like the fear of mortality and like the desire and drive to do whatever you take to like hold it off and stop the clock from speeding along. I mean, cause that is terrifying and it's something that we all identify with. Um, well, and then I thought maybe there was support supposed to be some sort of metaphor about like, um, addiction and sobriety. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Excuse me. Because he goes through the thing where it's like, he's doing all this Coke to keep young, right. Or to not to keep young. Well, sort of to keep young. He's doing all this coke in order to speed through bodies so that he doesn't have to face death. And then the sobriety is when he wakes up and he's this old man and he doesn't know who he is anymore. And all these other lives he's lived don't feel like his. And so he doesn't feel like he has this past. And now he's just confused and lost, you know, without the without that chunk of life that he gave up to addiction. Yeah. And now he's sober and he doesn't have that sober history. You know what I mean? Like I was yeah. trying to find some sort of metaphor there but then there, it wasn't if there if that is the metaphor it's surely not a hopeful one because then he hits sobriety and it's like and now my life is in ruins now that i'm sober you know so that doesn't really track because it doesn't seem like that's the message you would want to yeah put out there is that sobriety will make you realize that everything is garbage yeah the other thing is it's like i was wondering if it was sort of like this idea of male entitlement to body other people's bodies oh but then what's the if that's the case what is the what's your takeaway yeah. like the the there the consequences you become an old man on a bench like you you lose the one thing you care i don't know i just and who the fuck owns that dog right <laughs> whose dog is max <laughs> whose dog is that justice for max <laughs> at first i thought maybe it was like the bar dog or it was julia's dog part of me thought that it was a fellow shapeshifter to be completely honest oh see look at all these interesting see i had a moment where i was like oh obviously that's also a fellow shapeshifter i that was my thing going through this movie i was like he's gonna meet another shapeshifter it's gonna be the dog and we he, it's gonna turn out he knew this like he and this shapeshifter have been friends and the shapeshifter decided to be a dog for a while or it's gonna turn out to be julia somehow you know i don't know but i kept expecting like a second shapeshifter to pop up but then it just never happened. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, I, All I, I don't can know. say is that some of the effects were really cool. Yes, definitely. Uh, the chemistry between a lot of the actors was really good. Um, yes. The dentist actor was my least favorite. Okay. But Julia and Rachel, I thought, were really good. They played off each other really well. Julia and Robert, I thought, were really good, played off each other. The detective, I didn't hate. Um, you know, Rachel, I didn't hate. And... We were introduced to the guy, I don't remember what his name is, but the guy, the Sumerian king who plays Robert. Yeah. That was also a good thing. Jack Foley. And I think the crowning cherry on this movie is that it still wasn't as bad as indigenous. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But someday we'll get it. We'll get there. Someday we'll we'll find one worse than indigenous. I believe in us. <laughs> 
Uh, so would you recommend this movie? I mean, I, honestly, I would because of the Sumerian Vampire King. Right. Right. I would just to, just to have someone experience that. If we were to remove him and let's say just replace him with an, an average looking human man who isn't ageless and isn't hasn't conquered the the life force of the universe. Yeah. Probably not. Okay. Fair to enough. To be honest. Yeah, I don't I don't know that I would recommend this movie. Yeah. All right. Well, if you were going to watch it again, what would you drink with it? So, I know the theme of what I would of what I would re- of what I want to recommend, but I can't think specifically of any any drink in particular. I think this might have to just be any hard alcohol that comes in a plastic bottle because <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> it dries you out and you wake up the next morning wondering who you are, who you have been and if you are still the same person. <laughs> That's so true. Immediately when you said that, I just it took me back to like when one like we were drinking in a park in high school and we were drinking black velvet whiskey out yeah. of a plastic like big anything ass out plastic of a plastic jug. half gallon jug. Oh, yep. it was revolting. I can yep. I can still remember you would drink it and shudder and then kind of throw up and then swallow it back down yep. so you got drunk mm-hmm. enough and then you'd be like, Thank God. Yep. <laughs> I can stop now. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit all right well you don't have any feedback this episode but we would love to hear from you so you can get in touch with us at rachel at zombiegirls.com you can or you can hit us up on our facebook page um we are always kind of loitering around there and we'd love to hear from you there and if you're enjoying the show please do leave us a review on itunes all right do you have an idea of what you want us to watch for the next episode I do. Oh, okay. And I have really low expectations. Because <laughs> it does not look good. Oh, God. Okay, here we go. But what are we watching? it's got Milo Ventimi- Ventimiglia. Okay. I don't know how to say his last name. Uh-huh. Milo Ventimiglia. And it's uh, not a Netflix. It is an Amazon Prime. Okay. It is called The Divide. Oh. Have you seen it? Okay. Have you seen it? I know about this. This is like a French extreme horror thing. Yeah. Oh, is it in? Is it not in English? No, 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 no. It's in English. Okay. <laughs> Get ready for the feel bad movie of the year. <laughs> have you seen it though? No, I know about it. I know okay, about it. But you haven't seen it. I have not seen it. Okay. <laughs> so the one I want though on Amazon, it says the divide unrated. Yep. So. So we're gonna watch the divide on Amazon Prime. And uh, the little synopsis is, survivors of a nuclear attack endure days in a basement, only to be driven mad by dwindling supplies and fear of what lies outside their bunker. And I picked it because you know how I feel about apocalypse movies and bunker movies. Uh Uh-huh. Now I'm scared, though. This is not the bunker you want to be in, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) And, uh, I mean, it's just been on my Amazon Prime list. I just picked it because I was like, ooh, bunker movie. Yeah. So, but it didn't, I mean, the cover look makes it look like it's just going to be awful. So, but now I'm, now I'm feeling like maybe I went into this a little bit too, too arrogantly. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how we feel about it. I think it's going to make for a good conversation. Okay. (laughs) I haven't seen it yet. I just know about it. So I remember I did not watch it because it was, this I think came out during the like, Oh, what year did this come out? 2012. Uh, okay. So, like, I, that was pretty, like, deep into, like, the extreme French horror phase, right? Where, like, 
um frontiers came out um inside xavier jen yes yes uh what else did he direct the divide frontiers we'll see well we'll, it'll be fine i think something called cold skin yeah i actually kind of want to see cold skin um i've never heard of any of these things but yeah so let's do the divide all right (laughs) i i am full of trepidation now i'm unsure if i've made the right or wrong decision well here's the thing i'm wondering this is what i'm what i'm curious about at the time i didn't watch it because i was like the the french the extreme french horror was too extreme for me because i'm a big wimp but i'm wondering if that's true of rachel 2011 but not necessarily true of rachel so yeah I'm... it'd be 2020 i feel like you're a little tougher now you yeah. had to have been I am you like, wouldn't have made it this far i am a husk of who i once <laughs> was i am so dead inside i'm i was always really interested in all those movies i know all about them but i was too much of a wimp to watch them so i've like i oh, know well now i'm kind of happy to be like yeah so it's a little bit i'm of gonna expose you to I don't Something know that this is avoiding. gonna be like a sexy Milo Ventimiglia movie for you though. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> so that'll be fun. I'm excited and okay. a little nervous. <laughs> Same. Awesome. I was thinking I was picking a really awful movie, but now I'm I'm still afraid I'm picking an awful movie, but um, for different reasons. <laughs> I think the people who like this movie really like this movie. Okay. But it's just going to really, I think it's just really going to put us through something. Yeah. Okay. Which, I mean, we'll make for, like I said, I think it's going to make for a really fun conversation. Although maybe we're going to watch it and we'll be like, that's it? Seriously? Yeah. That, yeah, that, or we've been through too much. Yeah. And now we're going to be like, okay. So the true horror story may actually be our (laughs) (laughs) non-reaction. All right, so for the next episode, we will be watching The Divide. Unrated. Un- oh, we're going unrated. All yeah, right, no, that's very go. important because we need to watch the same version. Yep. All right, I'm going to do it. All right, Mars, take us out. Thanks for coming back. Watch The Divide Unrated. I'm really nervous about it. <laughs> we apologize in advance. In advance. I'm so sorry. <laughs> or maybe, like I said, we're all dead inside now and this is just a fun little jaunt through the apocalypse maybe we'll come back to this and be like eh I've felt worse (laughs) that is going on the on the (laughs) DVD sleeve (laughs) bye everybody (laughs) Good night, folks imagine that like a quote on the front if i was a famous person that's like in quotes and eh, i felt worse from Aaron mars <laughs> oh my god i'm looking at the reviews right now it is divisive <laughs> yeah i mean it's three and a half stars which is right on that cusp yeah. it is only 32 percent five star you'll regret watching this one <laughs> great <laughs> Uh, Please, God, no sequel. (laughs) (laughs) Dark, twisted, look at what humans can become. Not good, but amusing. Oh, 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 no! (laughs) I don't know. Disturbing, yet thoughtful. Okay. That's awesome. Descent into hell. Wow. Yep. Yep. 
intense yep. and depressing. <laughs> when but... people lack a moral compass. I gotta stop reading these. I know. Really, we should go in, go in cold. We we'll gotta just... go in as blind as okay, possible. Okay, I'm We've closing our done... windows. I'm we closing already know too much. <laughs> All right. I have, I think, a cat litter crumble in my butt. Hang on. There's something in her butt, so hold on a sec. Okay. <laughs> I sat down and something was poking me in my butt cheek, and I was like, "Oh no, what was it?" I think it was a cat litter crumble, because you know, you know, you know where I am right now. I know, but are you not wearing any pants? No, I am, but they're okay. So they're sweatpants. Oh, and the okay. waistband. I got them because I ordered something online, and after they accepted my money, it was sold out. So it was one of those like, "Whoops, here, pick something." Uh-huh. Quick, you know, and I saw these pants and I was like, oh, I, and they're really cute and they're really comfy, but they're just slightly too small. Uh-huh. Band, so I have uh-huh. to pull them down so that they're like, it's uh-huh. like half my butt cheek is above the waistband. <laughs> and so sometimes when I sit down and scoop back, I collect debris and <laughs> given where I am right now. This is like some, some seriously like low rent princess of the piece. <laughs> Instead of not being able to sleep because of a pee under the mattress, I can't podcast because of a cat litter in my butt cheek <laughs> that is making it into the outtakes i can tell you right now the minute i said butt cheek i was like yeah that just sell like solidified this. 